This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network or find us on socials. Hello and welcome to On the Outside, the podcast that shares diverse views on outdoors news. And yes, it is Fran Tarowskis back in your feed again. I am actually recording this at the same time as my previous episode, but I thought I would keep it as a bit of a surprise for you, just in case I didn't get around to posting it. This episode is going to be of interest to quite a lot of you, particularly if you listen to our episode on the Kinder Scout Trespass and the Kinder in Colour that happened last summer. In that conversation, we talked a lot about the right to roam and wild camping and decolonising the countryside and in general, the idea of the countryside being for as many people as possible. So some of you may well already be aware of the news about Dartmoor. So Dartmoor is a national park down in the southwest of England, and it was the only place where it was completely legal to wild camp. And I say was because there has been a recent court case that was brought up by a landowner in Dartmoor who questioned this right, and the court case ruled in his favour. So now it is no longer legal to wild camp on Dartmoor. I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. I wanted to speak to people who knew a lot more about it than me because it's something which affects outdoor recreation in lots of ways. Even if you aren't a wild camper yourself, even if you haven't been to Dartmoor yourself, but I knew that I wouldn't have time to do a full conversation and get people together on microphone to talk about it. So I was very pleased to see that there was another podcast that had already done this. I'm going to share with you an episode of a podcast called Summit to Talk About. It's produced by a gentleman called Ryan Cook, and he shares conversations with people that are into hiking, walking, wild camping and the great outdoors in general. But he occasionally does episodes that are about what's happening outdoors as well. And he did a conversation yesterday on wild camping on Dartmoor and the High Court judgment. In it, he speaks to a gentleman called Mark, aka Mullion Vagrant on Instagram. And they explained some things really nicely. I thought it was a really good conversation, which took in a lot of different perspectives. And I thought that it would just be really good to share this one with you so that you can know a bit more about what's happening on Dartmoor, what that high court judgment means for recreation outdoors in general. And it also gives you some really nice calls to action as well. If you want something to do after hearing about this court case and what it means for Dartmoor and wild camping across the UK. So enough of me for the moment. I'm going to go straight into it. And the next voice you hear will be Ryan from the Summit to Talk About podcast. Hi, I'm Ryan Dodge-Cook and this is Summit to Talk About, your one-stop podcast for all things hiking, hills, wild camping and the great outdoors. 
This is a special bonus episode in light of the recent court judgment on wild camping in Dartmoor National Park. Back in September 2021, Dartmoor National Park began to review their bylaws and during this process they made some changes, mostly just to bring it up to date and a few word changes, but nothing massively significant. They shared the proposals and put them out to the public consultation and there was a really good response with a mix of topics in the feedback. However, one of the clauses from the post-feedback review was missing. The information around wild camping and this is because a landowner sued the National Park claiming that wild camping was never actually a right in the 1985 Dartmoor Commons Act under the heading of recreation. The National Park argued that it was and the case went to court. The landowners in question are the Darwalls, Alexander and his wife Diana, who owned the Blatchford Estate in Dartmoor. This is around 4,000 acres of land which includes open access land. On Friday the 13th of January, the case went to the High Court. The judge ruled in the Darwall's favour. And the bottom line is that we are no longer allowed to freely camp on any land in Dartmoor and must seek the landowner's permission before pitching a tent. So, I've asked Mark, also known as Mullion Vagrant on Instagram, to come and have a chat about the recent court judgement and how it will impact the communities in Dartmoor, the young people who learn on this land and how it could impact other areas of the country. We'll go into we'll go in we'll deep dive into this now because it's very topical. Let's talk about it because there's there's a big court high court ruling um, last week actually. So we're recording mm. this eighteenth um, of January. Is that today's day? Eighteenth of January, um, and the high court ruling last week, the high court judgment was that wild camping is no longer allowed freely in uh, Dartmoor National Park. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what. Um, you know the listeners are aware about you know Dartmoor and um, what a beautiful president was set down there with you know uh, one of the few places in Britain that actually permitted wild camping for you know people to go out and sort of legally at that time uh, wild camp you know there's a big tradition of youths doing a um a hike over a few days, a challenge called uh, the Ten Tours, where basically on Dartmoor, um, they're hiking over 50 miles, carrying their backpacks and hiking legally doing that. Um, It's just an incredible, um, incredible sort of thing there to have somewhere, you know, we're talking, you know, vast amounts of open space where, um, you know, Dartmoor authorities to publish a map saying you can camp here. And um, we really hoped um, that that, you know, Dartmoor was going to be a model that was going to be extended across to other national parks like in Scotland, where wild camping was permissible, you know, areas of the Lake District, areas of, you know, Snowdonia, wherever, you know, it was something that was certainly something that we were really hoping for. And this decision absolutely rocked us to the core. Um, basically, one landowner um, decided that he was going to challenge the rights to wild camp on his land uh, because he said that there was no legal precedent set in British law and he was going to take the National Park Authority to court to get the right to wild camp on his land and everybody else's land on Dartmoor overturned, uh, which... It's just incredible um, to think that one one person has um, 
taken away from a whole community um such an important gift by you know doing that so um yeah i mean people some people and i'm thinking these are the the ones that don't fully understand the the whole thing are saying well it's only four thousand acres you know we could go camping anywhere else in dartmoor but that's not that's not true anymore so what's actually happened is as a as a result of this this court judgment is that the the court or the judge has ruled that anywhere in dartmoor if it's owned by somebody they can choose whether or not you have permission to camp on their land and so now the ruling is to wild camp anywhere in dartmoor you need the landowner's permission and that mm. has never been the case before so it's it's rocked the boat somewhat massively absolutely and it's got huge ramifications for our understanding of the law of common land as well because basically that decision was made in the high court about dartmoor's common land but that actually is a legal precedent that is apl- applicable to any common land as well so it's you know it doesn't just affect dartmoor it's got ramifications for you know future sort of uh, pushes for the right to roam and the use of common land so it doesn't just affect dartmoor you know it's a bit deeper than that yeah definitely is and and that's why people are so upset about it that's why people are talking about it. that's why it's such a hot topic at the moment because yeah it isn't it, and you know i've seen people on the wild camping forums on facebook for example saying doesn't matter just wild camp anyway yeah absolutely you know that's like, that's great that's, for you and me isn't it that's great for uh individuals yeah. that um do that freely but you know um there's a whole different groups that access Dartmoor. You know, there's people that have, um, you know, got mobility issues that used to, you know, manage to get, you know, 200 metres or whatever from the, a road, you know, be able to set up uh, a tent and sort of, you know, have the right to be there and know they weren't going to get moved on at first light. Um, That's right. You've got young people that are doing youth groups that have got the ability to legally be there and to be taken by expedition leaders i I mean i'm a teacher so you know i take youths out onto dartmoor and um i've got a legal right to do that or had a legal right to do that that meant i could risk assess that i my insurance because i had the right to be there was you know was um legit you know i could risk assess that i knew that those young people weren't going to get moved on and um you can't do that now i mean i've got friends that are doing 10 tour training next weekend and they are now um taking their group and they're staying in a pub sort of um beer garden with their um their scout group because it takes away exactly the, the, the whole point of doing something like the 10 tours challenge is yeah. it's about actually camping in the wilderness and experiencing that for the very first time and now to have that stripped from them and having to sort of stay in a pub garden you know that's not the wilderness they were expecting or really what they want yeah no absolutely not and um obviously um dartmoor is made out up of uh, quite a lot of different sort of landowners that own dartmoor you've got the duchy uh, which is basically now prince william who owns what was dartmoor forest the central part a lot of that's rented out to the military of defense but you've also got lots of different landowners that own pockets of dartmoor and it's been a quite a rich tradition of those landowners working together with the national park to allow this access but this law has completely thrown that whole sort of status quo into um 
sort of confusion. So, um, you know, the National Park is furiously at the moment trying to negotiate with these landowners whether they will permit camping on their land. So whether they'll give permission because the, the, basically the outcome of this act is without landowners' permission, it is illegal to our camp. So, you know, but because of GDPR, you can't obviously publish um landowners addresses as a national park and stuff like that so actually how do you go about getting that permission as anybody who's who's been into wild camping elsewhere in england or wales uh will know that you you can't just go wild camping anyway um dartmoor was the the last place where you could legally wild camp and so those that have camped elsewhere in england and wales will know that actually you should be getting landowners permission to do so but I've tried doing this in the past. Trying to find out who owns a certain bit of land is ni- is nigh on impossible, and impossible, it, takes, yeah. it takes away the adventure of going wild camping. Yeah, and so many groups used to come down to Dartmoor for the uh, the ability to have that sort of resource for young people to sort of give them a safe experience where they could actually learn important skills to keep themselves. So you know, a lot of the skills I learned when I did my ten tours, you know, now mean that you know I feel able to do like the tour de mont blanc safely and stuff like that because i had that that upbringing because of you know stuff like that and i was able to experience that safely you know as a member of the scouts we used to go up onto Dartmoor and stuff like that so it certainly is um certainly is a great loss and i i certainly um as somebody that takes young people it's hit me really hard about the effect and the impact that it's had on those young people and future sort of generations ability to sort of experience that and um you know yes you experience it up in sort of the lake district snowdonia and stuff like that but as we said earlier you know they're then camping a lot on sort of you know farmers campsites and stuff like that you know it's very rare that you know they get that rich experience to be to be out in you know the top of snowdonia as a sort of um scout group or stuff like that because you know it's just one of those one of those things you know how do you risk assess it so yeah that's right i mean dartmoor was our last bit of wilderness in england wasn't it and now that's gone so we literally mm-hmm. although because i mean let's talk a few stats here it's 92 percent of england is uh, owned by somebody and is not is not permissible for us to just go go roaming on. Whereas eight percent, just eight percent of that was uh, for us to roam, and a very small percentage of that eight percent was Dartmoor, and now that's gone as well. So yeah. you know we're we're left with nothing now, all because a landowner wanted to 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 stop that for whatever whatever his reasons were. Yeah, and um, you know when we heard that this decision was going to the courts. Um, uh, a group of us sort of thought, you know, we really wanted to raise the profile of this court case to have a um, a sort of rally to raise awareness. And we organised a sort of group hike. So uh, myself, um, Beck and Muddy Bootlaces, Tom Weekend Hiker, who you might know from sort of Instagram yeah. community, um, decided that we wanted to put together a rally in sort of Princetown. At the same time, there was an, another event happening in London, organised by the Right to Rome. But we really wanted something to be happening, you know, on our doorstep of Dartmoor, where the communities could come out. And um, yeah. uh, one snowy day, we all came down to Princetown, and um, myself, Becca because of the weather forecast stayed in the youth hostel tom came down and joined us first thing in the morning and we were sat in a cafe it was snowing everywhere and um there was literally nobody around um 
we'd spent the night before sort of counting our mates thinking you know how many people are going to show up have we got 10 15 that might look good in the media that we can sort of cobble together a post to sort of get on the bbc or whatever because you know the bbc said they were coming down and we thought this is going to be really embarrassing and yeah. uh, <laughs> um, it was the most surreal thing you know we we we'd sat in the cafe to have a meeting to meet a couple of people that said they'd come along and help us organize it um and it was absolutely freezing and then suddenly you know at the start the time when we sort of said um the hikes the the uh, the, the rally is going to start it was like a flash mob it was suddenly like people appearing from absolutely nowhere you know they're emerging from pubs cafes local businesses um, and from literally nobody in that square no joke there was 400 people yeah yeah the turnout Uh, from from seeing the videos that were posted online the turnout was absolutely immense and it was just one of those most optimistic moments where the whole community was sort of rallying together. There was lots of sharing of all of the great tales about what Dartmoor meant. And, you know, people were saying, you know, as a young person, this meant so much to me, pulling out old photos. They were talking about their kids and how they wanted to pass on, you know, the mantle. And um, we then followed it up after the sort of rally with a hike across Dartmoor with uh, probably about 200 people people you can see i was at the, the start of it you know sort of leading the sort of way high vis jacket on and i look back over my shoulder and you can see the end of this sort of trail of people as i was walking around sort of king's tour and it was just the most beautiful incredible sort of feeling to know that this whole community of hikers of outdoor enthusiasts has uh, pulled together rallied together to sort of you know, highlight to the High Court the importance of Dartmoor for, you know, um, everybody and not just this one individual that was contesting this decision. And we were so optimistic that we thought, you know, there's such a, a precedent set, you know, that camping has happened uncontested by any landowner for 30 years. You know, um, there's not been any legal challenges. And, you know, this 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 is going to be fine, guys. You know, we've got this. Yeah. And um, we never imagined the decision would... Um, be the one that it was you know we obviously you know we we were really wary about this landowner he hired an incredible lawyer you know he's a hedge fund manager multi-millionaire he'd hired the times lawyer of the year to defend himself you know the national park who were basically you know I don't know what you know about the national parks, but over the next four years they're 1.7 million pounds underfunded um you know, uh, visitor centres in uh, Dartmoor, the Princetown visitor centres at risk of closing because of the lack of investment. And then suddenly all of this public money had to go into hiring a lawyer with minimum sort of costs because, you know, they just haven't got that money to defend this multi-million pound hedge fund sort of, you know, owner, you know. And all intents and purposes, British law, you know, he spent, you know, well over a hundred, um, hundred thousand pound on this lawyer. You know, ex, lot, lot more money than that, yeah. and uh, they have to pick up Dartmoor Park Authority not only their legal costs, but between sixty to eighty percent of his costs as well. Oh, that's just awful. So, um, you know, and then they've got the the decision about you know 
can we actually appeal this? Have we got enough evidence? Have we got enough clout to be able to take this to court? Or do we face further sort of financial sort of ruin, which yeah. could have additional f- effects on conservation, on actually the landowners own Dartmoor that, you know, the Dartmoor rangers sort of help or, you know, support the camping, you know, the management of the land and stuff. So um, it was it was quite a, a weird feeling to to fight suddenly, you know, from that sort of to hear the ruling. And uh, uh, literally I was in absolute shock for a day. I was like working and I, this decision came out and, you know, the echoes, of the, the noise of discontent suddenly has come across the whole hiking community. Oh, about, massively, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely blown up. And, I, you know, I just I can't believe the the sort of outpouring of both grief and anger and, you know, cries of um, rallying a sort of people together. And, you know, I really am hoping that this is going to be the catalyst, you know, for greater sort of land changes and, you know, it's going to have such a positive effect, you know, this outpouring of like, you know, we need our open space, we need the right to wild camp that's going to only benefit, you know, every sort of national park, every sort of wilderness area in the UK because you know people now want to be heard they want to you know so what is a negative you know Dartmoor Darwell sort of you know banning wild camping is actually you know doing a lot to promote the need to have open access to you know reform you know the rights to roam to reform you know the national park acts to maybe permit wild camping you know and the Scottish sort of code across a wider area. So, you know, that's something that we're certainly, you know, pushing in the media, you know, that um, there is um, motions being housed in the um, Houses of Parliament by MPs to ask for reform to support that very sort of, you know, action. So, you know, that's one route that could come out of this. Yeah, I mean, although it's been an absolutely devastating outcome from the, from the court ruling, the, like you've just said there, the the support that has come out over the past week and the past few days has been immense and it's just showing that community spirit. And when you think back to things like the Kinder Scout mass trespass, that made yeah. a difference because a community came together. And we've got to look at it in, in those lights in that we could do something positive from this you know we can turn this around whether it whether it changes the outcome or not we don't know but even if it doesn't change this particular outcome it could change things for the future exactly as you've just said there could we be potentially looking at a reform could we be looking at um how how national parks allow us to access and and use it use the land for wild camping it could change all of these things and all of these voices that we've heard over the past few few days over the internet and yourself and uh becca you know you, you you've been sharing loads and loads of stuff on social media there's right to roam um there's there's all these people that have come out and, and gone on the radio onto tv there's people i've never heard of they're, they're speaking out and they're, they're getting the message out there and you know there's an, an early day motions now that's been set hasn't there in parliament uh, yeah for for uh for trying to rally up a bit of support amongst mps um so in terms of what we can do now because we've we've clearly got that hunger for it as a community um in terms of what we can do now it's about coming together and and pushing forward and there's certain things that we can be doing now and like you've just mentioned there there's there's i think there's two petitions that are out there at the minute so let's just talk about them shall we 
Uh, absolutely. So, uh, Becca, uh, Muddy Bootlaces, if you go onto her Instagram account, she has just posted a petition, which is linked there. I'd urge everybody to go on there to sign that. Um, I've got on my page the list of MPs and the motion that's in the House of Parliament at the moment. I would urge everybody to go on to that to um, see the motion and to copy that to the local MP and request that they support that motion because the more people that are asking for that to be a, on the agenda at Parliament, you know, the more we can push that forward. So they're two extremely positive things we can do. We can sign petitions that request that this is taken seriously in the Houses of Parliament. We can ask our MPs to actually raise this matter in Parliament and to debate it and to actually make changes to the law to support these things and to move the rights of wild camping forward, not just for Dartmoor, but, you know, other sort of areas as well. So, you know, it could have a a knock-on positive effect there. Um, One thing, one angle that I'm really pushing, and I know Tom and Becca as, as well, is that... Campers, wild campers have never been more in the public eye at the moment. You know, it really is a case of, you know, camping, wild camping is very much now in the public media and it's got media attention. And, um, you know, I'm I'm looking at people like Mr. Darwo. I'm looking at people um, who are looking for, you know, it to trip up for wild camping because of their various interests. And I I'm saying that we've got to, as a community, really demonstrate how responsible the wild camping community is. So I'm pushing a lot of the um, leave no trace philosophy. You know, I always carry a trash can on the back of my rucksack. I always litter pick and leave somewhere better. But I'm really hammering that image into social media, into the public's eye at the moment, almost down their throats, that we are, as a hiking community, so responsible. We don't want to, you know... um, kick ourselves in the backside by like acting irresponsibly and doing mass camps and mass demonstrations we don't want to be showing that we're lighting fires in the middle of Dartmoor and you know all of the stuff that is not in the code of sort of ethics for the Dartmoor rangers you know we're really box ticking and I think if we can get that message across in the media you know about the fact that camping as a open air recreational activity is um such low impact you know that it actually deserves to be permitted in the lake district in snowdonia and once again in dartmoor then we're really gonna you know do a lot to you know help the cause and to actually move things forward so that positive sort of spin on you know the low impact is definitely something that we can all push to do as well definitely but as you've just said there and i'll reiterate that point now it's easy to act upon anger um but when we yeah. do that we tend to act out of control and so we we need to sort of demonstrate a bit of restraint here and actually do what we've always done because what what the, the what we will find is whilst we're under the spotlight is all of a sudden the media will paint wild campers to be fly tipping campers fly campers as they're yeah. um are the ones that are leaving trash and we do know that this happens um but this is the very 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 small minority and as a whole the wild camping community leave no trace and follow all those leave no trace principles and you don't know that somebody's been there and that's the whole point so we need to stick with that promote that and prove to the media 
that those are the wild campers that we are trying to support and those are the wild campers that we are um, and that, that we're fighting for something that we actually believe in. Not for uh, We're not fighting for a bit of land so that we can leave all our crap on it. That's not what we're doing because we're not those people. Um, and so it is very, very important this weekend that if, because uh, we'll get onto this in a minute, there's a rally this weekend, but if anybody's going uh, thinking of going uh, to Dartmoor or even thinking about wild camping, then I would probably try try not to at the minute um, whilst the spotlight's on us uh, particularly because the media are there everywhere and the, the last thing we need is the media to rock up to someone's camp in the middle of Dartmoor whilst they've got a fire going because mm. that is just going to make us all look stupid so in the t- in the words of Becca on social media don't be a dick <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're going into Dartmoor yeah leave your glue sticks at home yeah yeah, yeah leave your glue go, sticks at home don't, don't go glue a dick. to a fence or whatever yeah, yeah. it did make me laugh earlier when she yeah, said that yeah no absolutely um, but but no, so I, I mean, it's so true. Yeah, but I mean, Dartmoor. I think it's safe to say if we're, you know, responsibly sort of camping away from, you know, the Darwell land in areas away from the roads and stuff like that. Harford, um, more they've uh, gone on record to say that they will yes. um, allow wild camping. So there are certainly, definitely areas of Dartmoor that we can still responsibly wild camp. You know, if we do want to do it, we can look at the map. We can still go to the areas where it was deemed right. And I know, speaking to the Dartmoor Rangers, that as long as we are following the Ranger Code, that we are leaving no trace and stuff like that, that we're showing responsibility and sending the right message that that will be okay. Okay, so yeah, um, I can't remember which site it is, whether it's the uh, Dartmoor National Park Association or whether it was the Right to Roam. But the, there is a Dartmoor camping map, isn't there? There uh, is, it yeah. Highlights the areas that obviously it, at the minute it's been taken down, I believe, uh, whilst they're trying to amend it and, and make the changes that are required. But um, there is a map that tells you where you can and cannot camp in, in Dartmoor. And um, like I say, the, the, there are many, many landowners that are quite happy to allow that to continue and so let's just let the dust settle see what happens and hopefully we'll start seeing those supportive landowners come out of the woodwork and say yeah I'm quite happy to to allow this to continue providing you leave no trace and do all the things that we were doing before so let's just see how that pans out but let's talk about this Saturday then so Saturday the 21st is it? 21st, yes. Um, so uh, right in the heart of where this started, the uh, Right to Roam group have organised uh, buses from Ivybridge, leaving at, I think, believe one o'clock to go into Cornwood, one of the most least accessible places on Dartmoor. Uh, the landowner shut his car park three or four years, well, 2011. You know, it's a two-mile walk onto the moor. It's a two mile walk sort of off the moor so it's not the most accessible place and they are going to be leading a awakening of crocken who is a a dark moor sort of folk um tale uh you know about um i think the story is that he he's like almost one of those like almost fairy folk of the sort of the moor that um and he's going to rise from the ashes and sort of you know um wipe out the negativity of uh darwell and uh, so it's yeah, very so symbolic I, I, and yeah i read something uh, about it. it comes back to protect people from from when there's uh when the land's under under threat from greed which couldn't be more which could so, be more, be more apt, apt um, it, yeah 
no and it's a beautiful area of dartmoor there's got the longest stone row in um europe possibly the world there's a, a stone circle at the end of that and there's a beautiful folk tale about that stone circle which was there were a load of maidens uh, sort of um having a party um playing kiss and tell and um having a merry old time on the sabbath on the saturday and the lord was angered by this and struck oh. them down and turn them into stone and as the girls were fleeing they um formed the stone row um and there's this stone circle which is the uh nine sort of maidens that sort of were in a loop playing the kiss and sort of tell sort of thing so there's a there's a long tradition of knees yeah. up parting on darwell's land and stuff so i think it's quite apt that they've decided to have it there um yeah, obviously I mean, this is the tradition this is the, all these little these little tales here these folk tales are the tradition that we're trying to protect aren't they it's all part of what we're trying yeah. to protect here absolutely and it is really is because Dartmoor is a really rich you know landscape of archaeology it's a it's a very timeless sort of um landscape that really just feels like it's above anybody's individual rights you know it is mm. a landscape that has been untouched you know we're talking 200 million years of geology forming this granite landscape you know that's 1500 years of whatever of you know occupation by people and stuff like that in various guises from stone bronze age and it is a landscape that has seen many changes and it will certainly be a landscape that will be there long after mr darwell oh, yeah. Yeah. but it's a landscape that shouldn't be owned by one individual it should be accessible to all and you know that's i think the crux of it for us really is that you know one one person should not be owning and limiting to this extent you know getting on for five five thousand acres you know absolutely absolutely yeah uh let, i mean let's let's see what we can do and let's see if we can turn this around and and maybe maybe mr darwell um will be able to change his mind uh, at some point when he realizes you know that the benefits of of allowing people onto his land you know it's not all bad we're not all bad people the benefits of it we've, we've already touched on that you know the 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 youth is is where it's, it's going to affect most you know these young people who are trying to get into the outdoors this was their last opportunity this is their last place to be able to go and do that um legally and and now we've taken that from them so absolutely and if you ever go onto that more as i'm sure i'll encourage a lot of people to come and support the rally you'll find it is the most inhospitable place ever you know you've got tufts of grass and you know peat bogs and uh, uneven ground and the spots where you can literally you know wild camp put up a tent are so limited um it's a two mile walk on and off it is just an area where you're not going to get mass tourists turning up sort of fly tipping getting the barbecues out or causing big problems you know me and becca muddy bootlaces went there the week before the protest to sort of have our last sort of wild camp there we didn't yeah. know it was going to be the last one legal wild camp and it was it's such a remote area of dartmoor you know dartmoor is in itself quite remote but this is really is the back of beyond in dartmoor yeah. and it's an area that actually you know is ever going to be you know able to be used for any anything from live livestock grazing across the extent of it or you know buildings because it's a national park or you know it, it really is a landscape that actually there's no reason why people can't access sensibly yeah and let's let's hope that that's that 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 will continue um we'll we'll see what the outcome is um 
I'm hoping that this all gets appealed and, and we win it out. But in the meantime, I suppose we can sort of let the dust settle, raise the awareness, carry on building the momentum of the support that is has already started over the past few days. Um, let's get this taken to court. Let's get the petition, uh, sorry, taken to Parliament. Let's get it discussed in Parliament. And hopefully um, it will make changes elsewhere in England and Wales um, around our rights to roam because as it stands, it's looking pretty dismal. It is. I mean, I think the figure is 92% of uh, the UK is under sort of private ownership, unaccessible to the public. 92% of our country, you know, is. And that is just a crazy figure, isn't it? So, you know, let's move this forward. Let's, you know, open up those rights of access. Let's actually use this as a catalyst to sort of make these changes and, you know, be heard. So, yes to Dartmoor, but also to the rest of the UK as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the dream is that we, we sort of mirror what they do in Scotland because they've got it exactly how we want it. And you, you alluded to that earlier on when you talked about your, your Hebridean Way uh, trail. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful area of the UK, isn't it? But my word is it's a long way from Cornwall. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> another world. <laughs> Not the most accessible for the weekend. So yes, <laughs> definitely prefer somewhere closer and legal on my doorstep. So, yeah. Certainly. So let's, um, let's wrap this up and uh, we'll just summarise then. So in the meantime, before... Um, before Saturday, if you if you are attending on Saturday at the rally, uh, follow um, Mark on social media, Mullion Vagrant, and also follow uh, Becca, Muddy Bootlaces, uh, follow Right to Rome. You'll get all the information. The weekend hiker, he, they're all, you're all yeah. sharing information. On weekend hiker, and we're, well. we're all sharing that information. And um, I would say that if you stick to those sort of people, that uh, there are a lot of splinter sort of petitions. There are groups. Um, asking to do mass wild camps in March and stuff like that and I think as a community you know we've got to be a bit careful as uh, we've said about you know not acting in anger and acting responsibly so you know pick the information that you take you know look at um, you know the right to roam look at Becca look at Tom look at myself's page and follow the lead of people that really got the interests of Dartmoor and the community at heart and moving things forward absolutely because that's what it's all about at the end of the day it's about Dartmoor the place it's not about our individual wants and needs for wild camping it's about Dartmoor and how much how much that can affect the wider community and you've got to remember there's people that live there you know there's people that live in Dartmoor there's people that have Dartmoor on their doorstep um, whilst there's a lot of us including myself who live up north um, massively in support of what's going on down there because of the wider ramifications we've got to remember that actually if we're just going to rock up and go wild camping and light fires how that might look for the people that live there and how that'll affect it yeah and that image of camping for all of us as well isn't it It, you know it's much in the public sort of eye so yeah let's just dot the letters and i think we will have a positive uh positive outcome from this so uh yeah those of you going on on saturday good luck to you all i hope you have a great day i can't make it um but i will be uh fully supporting you from uh from lancashire um and in the meantime you can sign the petitions i've shared them today on instagram you've shared them as well mark i know becca shared them they're all over the place sign the petitions um and also this takes a little bit of time 
but write to your MP as well and get them to try and support this early day motion that's going through to try and bring some bring forward some new laws to change the way in which we have some uh, some access to to this land. Um, and if needs be, I've written my letter today and I've shared it on social media already. Um, I'm happy to just share. Uh, I've sort of redacted it a little bit and made a, a bit of a blank template that if anybody wants it to send off to their MP, by all means, message me on Instagram. I'll ping you a copy across. All you'll need to do is put your details on it and you can use that to write to your MP. Absolutely. And if anybody's got any further questions, just drop me a um, a uh, personal message on Instagram and I will uh, do my best to get back to you with, you know, your queries and take it from there. We are there to talk and to support the situation. So drop Fantastic. me in. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Let's finish it off there. Thank you so much uh, for your time this evening, Mark. Um, it's been a pleasure. It, it's been great. It really has. Um, and, and good luck this weekend. Good luck with the rest of your year. Um, and uh, thank you so much. No, no, thank you. And uh, have a good evening. And uh, goodbye all. And uh, thanks for listening. So there you have it. I hope that that conversation was useful and interesting to you. Do go ahead and follow the links to those petitions, write to your MP. And I also want to give you another call to action today, because as always, I would really like to hear your thoughts and opinions on this episode. But I want to collect as many voice notes as possible on this story and what you think about the High Court judgment on wild camping in Dartmoor. So I want you to send me a voice note on WhatsApp to the phone number 07883 905 336. Please include in it if you are happy to your name, whereabouts you are based as well, and your thoughts about this judgment. I'm going to start off with my one. So my name is Francesca. I am based on the south coast of England and the Darwells have just proven themselves as a footnote in something that I think is going to be massive. They have proved themselves selfish and I do think that they've done this to make themselves feel big and important, but they're not. They're a footnote in history. So that's all for today, folks. Thank you very much to Ryan for letting me use his episode today. On the Outside artwork is by Sophie Nolan. Our music is Bass Beats by Alex Norton. On the Outside is produced and hosted by myself, this podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. If you'd like to find out more about that, head to tremula.network. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You can do so yourself at patreon.com forward slash on the outside podcast. And of course, thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>